0: (laughs) welcome to the fan freaks podcast episode 108 you're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite games movies comics and any media in between this is james dr rude ramos and i am joined by
1: oh i always i'm so, so hey hey Adrian, the masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most and the most grandos, co-host, oh, George isn't here. Nope, no bone king today. Oh, oh, but who's what? that watching in the corner? <laughs> I don't know, he, he, paid, he
0: paid me like 20 bucks.
1: To watch the things you do to me? Yeah. What's I, your name,
2: sir? I, I, my name's Kevin Joseph, and, and I like to watch.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while, you might recognize Kevin Joseph because he's really the... First and only interview we've done on the show so far. Yep.
2: Uh we well I and first it was met and you. it was
0: your interview. It was my interview.
2: Yeah, I didn't feel as much in danger in that uh in- incarnation as I do maybe now. But I do appreciate you having me here. I'm wondering why my ankle is cut to the chair. The safe word is Doctor Doom. Got it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh
1: well Hold well, on, for me it's potato salad.
0: Correct. <laughs> Can't have the same safe word. That's how you get confused. <laughs> Uh, I want to give people a recap as to how I met you. Uh, We first met at Supercon. That's right. Where I was honestly attracted to the cover of your comic book. Uh, And we ended up having like a two-hour conversation about
2: like potential comic book stories and stuff like that. Was that
1: comic Tart? I think it was. It it was was. Tart. It was
2: Tart. And I was down there uh, at the invitation of Melissa Sadowich. She allowed me to come down and uh, hang out with, at that time... Heroes and Villains comic shop, yep. And the conversation we had was at Fort Lauderdale Comics, which Melissa was running. Yep. Both unfortunately are, uh, t- you know, like uh, defunct, and uh, as comic shops can can go. So uh, we're gonna have to find a third shop to uh, meet at for our next talk. But this is this is good.
0: Uh, yeah. And uh, but you know, the since then I could, and uh, this is me being uh, a little. uh, f- uh this is me, me filleting you for a moment, but I've been a huge fan ever since.
2: Well, you know, thank you. So, It's all about the visuals. You said you fell in love with the cover. So I'm going to say I love Ludovic Saleh, who makes our comic book. And uh, I, I, I don't like anyone saying they like me, but I, 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 all, all, everything can go to Ludo because he's no, brilliant. No, no,
0: no, no. I, I, I appreciate your, your, your being humble and modest. Yeah. But no, it takes two to make a good comic. It yeah. usually does. Okay, and, you know, good
1: art does not a good comic make. Yeah, sometimes the the art could be amazing, but the writing could be dog shit. There's so many examples of this. Speaking (laughs) of, what show are we doing today? Yeah,
0: we kind of got sidetracked. Today's show, we're doing a...
1: Question of the week? Question of the
0: week. What makes an indie comic indie?
1: Yeah, um, can we peel back that curtain a little? Because originally this was going to be an All Stars. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, you and I got into a debate on what actually is an indie comic. Yeah. And hopefully we settle that today. Are you ready for that challenge?
2: I'm ready to get into it and I'm going to tell you we're not going to we're not going to get the answer. We're no. gonna, <laughs> we're going to peel this onion no, back no. a thousand layers and there's just going to be more onion it's and ever-lasting that's the job stop
1: Nobody listens to our show for answers. Okay. <laughs> they <That's right. laughs> only listen for more questions. Speaking of which, I've got a question. What's your reasons?
0: Oh shit. Uh, I've got one major one, which what? is uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. Oh, how was it? Um, Honestly, it's in like my
1: top five MCU. You know, it's, everyone's telling me, even people that hate cape shit and hate superhero movies are like, this is amazing. Because it's not cape shit. It's not. It's, it's a kung fu movie. Wow, really? It's, it's an anime movie is really what so it is. So what you're telling <laughs> me is it's what Iron Fist should have been. Oh yeah, 100%. Okay. Like
0: the fact that Shang-Chi and Danny Rand are supposed to be, like, equals in fighting ability is laughable when you consider this Shang-Chi versus the Danny Rand that we got. Right. It's, it's really laughable. Like, uh, Simu uh, uh, does a phenomenal job with the character. Right. He, he truly does. It, 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 he, blo- he blew me away. It's a CG spectacle. It really is. Like, the CG in this movie... It don't get me wrong. A lot of it doesn't look real, but that's because it can't. Right. Like some of the things that you see are so fantastical that it can't look real because we have no frame of reference. But it looks phenomenal. Okay. It looks and the acting across the board top notch. The guy who played uh, the Mandarin, the real Mandarin, uh, phenomenal. Uh, we got was oh Trevor
1: Slattery there. Please tell me. He was. Oh, uh, I'm watching it now. I don't mean to give anyone I love a spoiler. Sir Ben Kingsley, bro.
0: I don't mean to give anyone a spoiler, but I'll I say King, uh, Mr. King, uh, Sir Kingsley. I think. Yeah, Sir ben
2: makes King- an appearance. Thank God. Uh And did you see it? I haven't seen it okay. yet. No, uh, but I'm not worried about spoilers on this one because I just know it's going to get spoiled. So don't worry about it. Just whatever no, no, you got to do. At you this point
0: do. in the show, we, we we're not going to get too spoilery here. It's got just like I said, a phenomenal cast. I forgot her name. But the actress that plays uh, Captain Shojo in, uh, in Star Trek Discovery. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Uh, she's in the movie. Fantastic. There is even... So, I don't know if you know, but they have reimagined the ten rings as five rings that Mandarin wears on each of his arms. Oh, okay. Which is very reminiscent of Kung Fu Hustle. Okay. The way he uses them is just like the landlord... With, where, where he, you know, slides them up and down his arm and blocks with them and stuff. So as a result, the landlord is A, in the movie. And there is a Kung Fu Hustle poster in the movie also. Of of course, so sweet. it's really nice that they, you know, acknowledge that this is clearly where we drew this inspiration from. But yeah, um, solid movie. Uh, like I said, it's, it's climbed up my scale of MCU movies. And it proves that you can totally make a balls-to-the-wall anime movie. 100%. This movie proved that you could make a Dragon Ball Z movie without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. There's a fight scene between Shang-Chi and the main antagonist that was insane. Just powers flying everywhere, people jumping all over the place, and it looked phenomenal. Read perfectly, was clear, it was believable. Michelle Yeoh, sorry. Thank I you, was Michelle
1: looking, Yeoh. I was looking it up, sorry. But
0: yeah, uh, strongly recommend. Uh, and then for us, we've uh, recently been playing... Predator Hunting Grounds quite a bit. Uh, to get, it, it's a, a, a multiplayer... What would you even call
1: these kinds of games? Multiplayer only, really.
0: But, yeah, but... Um... So basically the way it works is it has two game modes, but the primary one is you have four people playing as human soldiers and one person playing as a predator. Oh, shit. So it is one versus four. But obviously, the Predator on his own is much more powerful than any one human soldier. Correct. It takes the
1: team to take down the Predator.
0: So it really does become an exercise in either A, separating your prey and killing them one by one, or B, in teamwork, depending on which side you're on.
1: Uh, What do you think, Adrian? I really am liking the game a little too much for my sake. I'm getting into it a little heavy. And I wish I didn't. Why? Because... I feel like now I'm just gonna grind to do all the trophies and shit like do that. It. And no, <laughs> <laughs> I have games that I need to finish. Actual story games, but this is like, oh, I get to. we're Predator stands, Kevin? Like we love the Predator, mm. and I just got us the uh, Aliens Fire Team game, so we're gonna play that as well. Twentieth Century Fox, back when they were good, we loved them. Now, not so much, but still, uh, Aliens and Predator were there. Well,
0: technically, Twentieth Century Fox doesn't exist
1: anymore, right? You know their logo is still there on the games.
0: It, oh, on the games, yeah. Um, I wonder but, if that's going to change soon too. Because I don't know if you know this, but I went and saw Free Guy recently. Okay. And the logo at the beginning it didn't say Twentieth Century Fox anymore. What did it say? It says Twentieth uh, Century Films. What? No Fox? No Fox. It's Disney, man. But there's to... no,
2: but there's no Disney logo on it. It's
0: uh, not in the beginning. No. Okay. There's at the end, there's like Disney copyrights and all that, like in the end credits. But in the beginning, no, it's 20th century films. That's interesting. Yeah. So they're keeping the the branding, but they got rid of Fox. Because okay. obviously they're trying to separate them for the parts that Fox still
1: owns, which is Fox News and Fox Sports. Right. So the only real gripe I have with the Predator Hunting Grounds game is really the AI that, okay. that fills. Like, yeah. There's like these no-name soldiers or whatever that you, as the humans, have to deal with. But they kind of wait for you to kill them. You're they're stupid. Re- they're very stupid. And the Predator could go around and kill them. But they're, they're just another albatross against us while we're dealing with the Predator. It's, and because of them, the Predator knows where we are more yes. often than not. Uh, but the presentation's great. H- you also notice, talking a little bit about indie Comics, but there's a lot of shit of Predator lore from the comics. Comics the and
0: novels that are in the game, which I love. Because, you know, that most of that stuff, when it does get brought out to movies, they kind of butcher it. Uh,
1: but it's cool to see in the game. Uh, yeah, there's like a Viking Predator, a fucking Samurai Predator. Uh, they even brought in uh, the... Alpha? The Alpha Predator, but the Malaline, like, the movie I really like, which was Predator 2, that nobody really likes. Predator 2 is great.
2: I, yes. I liked it better than the first. Honestly, I think if
0: I look at it objectively, like I separate my love for a certain uh big muscular man,
1: mm-hmm. I think so too. I don't know how I feel about that. That's a that's a good question. Let's get into it.
2: <laughs> Fuck.
1: Uh no, but but Predator One has so many great quotes. It's got great writing. It does, Fuck.
0: but
2: does, does it have ha- does it have a predator attacking a subway in the dark?
1: That's right. No, and it doesn't have either.
0: And not only that, bill as and- a lore whore, that's like my, I deep dive into lore. We
2: got no lore for the Yauta. Does it? Predator does it predator have 1. an alien skull on a Predator ship in Predator one? No. Does it have Danny Glover at the height of his prowess?
1: At the height. <laughs>
2: No, I, I I do like the first predator. I, I feel like I'm being gangbanged. I'm gonna guess. Like, I'm gonna this guess chicken. Thing. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> guess that really, if I sat down and watched Predator One and Predator Two now, Predator One would hold up better. I'm gonna say, as a kid watching them, right? I enjoyed the teamwork. I enjoyed the multiple characters. I bet you Predator Two doesn't hold up. I've as watched
0: well. them both in the last year. Right. And honestly I think they both aged
1: pretty well. Okay. I I'd, I'd argue Predator 1 is more of a horror than Predator 2. Yeah. Predator 2 feels like an action movie more often than not and Predator 1 is guys like an action movie but it's really a horror. Okay. Arnie's the final Arnie's girl. Arnie's the final
2: girl, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so here's my problem when
0: Arnie is the final girl it's really hard for me to like think of it as horror. You get me? Because you know that if it's Arnie, it's it's the predators locked in the
1: jungle with him, right? Not <laughs> right. I get it.
0: So I it's it. it's hard for me to put myself in that mindset. But you're right. The way it's paced, the way it's written, you know, the the kill the, the death of the team. It's definitely more horror than the second one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love all the the lore that we get from the second one, though. Like like you said, the the xenomorph skull, all of it. The 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 uh, issuing the the survivor a trophy. All of that. I love that whole thing.
1: So I guess that was the end of your recents going into mine?
0: Well, I also had like, you know, typical shit like Hunt and right. also like Lego Masters. What's uh, Lego Masters? It's a competition show.
1: Oh, yeah. You talked about oh, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I typically don't like competition shows. I talked about this briefly, but there's been a turn in competition shows for TV lately where they've turned away from super drama edited for like... People hate each other. There's cat fights. There's kind of been a, t- a turn towards some more wholesome competition shows, right. and I think this started because of Great British Baking Show. Because in Great British Baking Show, they don't encourage them to be aggressive towards each other. As a matter of fact, like in Great British Baking Show, you're actually encouraged to like help other people. Okay. Like if you're done with your bake and someone needs help, you can go. Like you see them do it all the time. They go over there and they'll help someone need dough, whatever the fuck they need to do. So I think that kind of made the turn. And Lego Masters is very similar. Cool. Lego Masters. Is, and it's Lego. And it's hosted by Will Arnett. Oh, well, that's perfect. Voice of yeah. Lego Batman. It's great. Uh, and it's super fun. And again, you get to watch a bunch of like truly amazing creative people. Like you can tell that these people's minds work on a different level than I could ever hope to achieve. Just make amazing Lego creations. And they get to do everything from like survive wind tunnels to blow them up. At one point, they had to build the biggest Lego structure they could, and it was all off of one brick suspended on a string. So they had one brick suspended, and from that, they had to engineer the biggest whatever sculpture they could. And the team that won that made a four-foot blue whale off that one suspended brick.
1: God damn. Incredible.
0: It was awesome. But yeah, uh, other than that, no, not really. I haven't really... Uh, I got
1: a new laptop, and I'm very excited about that. Can't wait to play PC games with you. Uh, I'm Speaking of games, I got us aliens. I played the first mission. I'm waiting to see how you would like it. So there's six classes. It's also, this one's not competitive. This one's cooperative. You're fighting just a massive horde of xenomorphs. Um, but everybody's kind of unique. I tried out the big one, the big gun one with the, the auto lock on machine gun and the pulse rifle. The sounds are great. The sound effects are great. Uh, the AI, uh, not that great, but it is really hard. And I didn't expect it to be that hard. I played by myself. I can't wait to play with you. And lastly, I'm almost done with Golden Girls. And I, Oh, and beautiful. It's fu- uh, such a great show. Yeah. Such a great show. Sometimes uh, doesn't. Doesn't age well sometimes, but you know, it was it was the nineties. Yeah, man. It was the early nineties, late eighties, and I found out it had two spin-offs, and I did not know that.
2: I only know of one. The Golden Palace, right? Oh, Golden Palace. Oh, oh, the The e- Emptiness. Emptiness next door. Yes, yeah, that's I didn't, right. I
1: didn't even know about that one, but that one ran as long as Golden Girls did. But that was did in it that really emptiness? Emptiness it lasted six seasons, seven seasons or oh, something. Oh shit. That yeah. was in
2: that weird, weird time where they would Create a spinoff with one episode right. of a show. Yeah, you know where they just like all of a sudden you have two new neighbors, and then the next yeah. week tune in. But yes, you are right. It is. It is. Uh, what's that dog's name? Oh, you Dreyfus. Know, you know what? Dreyfus.
0: Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Yes. Okay. You know that's a show topic we could have. Also, is like most successful spinoff attempts. Hmm. I
2: nothing comes to mind.
0: I mean, Xena is like one of the, the first one that comes to my mind.
2: Is, are you saying the spinoff that's the most successful or the show that's had the most successful spinoffs? Ooh, that's a good distinction. Because wouldn't, Arch, wouldn't uh, Archie uh, uh, All in the Family? All oh, in the yeah. Family had Maude. It had the Jeffersons. God, but Mary Tyler Moore had Lou Grant and Phyllis and Rhoda.
0: Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be an interesting distinction to make.
2: Oh. Let us
1: know on Twitter. Angel really?
0: also would qualify.
1: That's true, because it lasted five seasons. But
0: Zena is definitely more. Zena got way more popular than Hercules did, which is part of the reason that Kevin Sorbo is such a salty asshole. Um, but guess he's yeah, permanently she, disappointed. And she <laughs> and she was literally supposed to be like a one and done. She was supposed to be like Harley, a one and done. She was supposed to be a one and done, but she was so popular that. They brought her back for a second episode and spun off her own show. Goddamn and right. And that's just because of the charm of Lucy Lawless. And, and that's Bruce awesome.
1: Campbell was in both.
0: That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, do you have anything else for your reasons? No, that's it. It's up to you, Kevin. Have you what, watched, what, seen, read, or listened to anything recently?
2: Uh, we're, we are watching uh, murder, mur- Only Murders in the Building. Steve Martin, Just Martin got picked Short. up for a second oh, season.
0: with Selena Gomez, right? Yes. It's him, Martin, uh, and Selena Gomez.
2: I wanted to is check that out. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. It is a great murder mystery that I have no clue what is going on. It is Ooh. hilarious. It is weird. It's, if you liked LA Story, you know, that weird avant garde, absurd part of Steve Martin. Yes. It's that wrapped in a murder mystery that also comments on a true crime podcast. Huh. And it all works.
1: It's getting Emmy buzz, honestly. No shit. Yeah. No. Like this, it, it, it's only had what three episodes? Four, five. Oh, it's already picked up for a second season by the third episode because of the yeah. bu- the amount of positive criticism it has received. I mean,
0: you you've got me with its three main cast because yep. I love I, I love Steve Martin, love Martin Short. I think Selena Gomez is adorable. Um, she
2: is, and I know I know her as nothing other than the voice in Hotel Transylvania, which I loved right. her as uh, Mavis. Ma- yeah, um, she's great. She's phenomenal. She stands up there with Martin Short and Steve Martin. So
0: I follow her on TikTok, and she's got tons of videos with both of them. And their rapport and their banter behind the set, uh, behind the scenes is fantastic. Okay. So I'm sure it works great on screen. Yeah. So it sounds like you and, M-
1: and Mischievous have a new show.
0: On that note, I actually have a weird question to ask you. Sure. Has anyone vomited throughout the show?
2: Not that I remember, okay. but please don't no me as to long
0: it. as it does it's not like a frequent thing we're okay no, for those of you who don't know uh vomit is mischievous as my lady's kryptonite it,
2: it, it, it she'll shut down <laughs> Th-
1: that's why you had to edit knives out right uh, yeah
2: okay yeah no it's it's definitely not like Good. the first the first scene of uh what was the the movie where the the girls were singing uh oh uh, not, uh pitch perfect pitch perfect, yeah. yes, I was shocked at that, and that had to have been terrible
0: uh yeah i' i'm that I'm sure, like, as long as it's not, like, prevailing, it's good enough. I can, you know, have the mute button ready. But, yeah, Pitch Perfect was awful. Like, I sat her down. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. and Kendrick's hilarious. She says that, And it just ruined the rest of the movie for her. I can see that. Yeah. So, the, she had to actually watch it again. And we just started after that scene.
2: I don't have a problem with it. And it was a little rough. So, I, I understand.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. No, and, I, I've definitely been wanting to check it out. It, it's It's... It, it's got so many of the things I enjoy, including murder mysteries.
2: Uh so yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Anything else? You just uh like we would just been watching Archer, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like we're in this weird What'd you think of the ending uh, of nine nine? Watching it tonight. Oh, you haven't seen w- it yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. Yes. We're we're always like a day late. So uh
0: they 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 towed an interesting line with this season. Yes. And I I don't know if you've like heard uh uh Andy talk about it but he said that writing this season was the most difficult thing he's ever done. It looks
2: like it feels to me like they labored over it. Yeah. It is still funny. Yeah. It's still good. I I understand why they have to make some of the choices they mm-hmm. made and I don't I'm not against it. No. It is not the funniest season they've ever had because no. they really feel boxed in by The world.
0: No, he he straight up said it. It's like, how do you write a lighthearted cop show in 2020? Because that's when he started writing it, obviously. And yeah, no, it's it's, it's an excellent point. And yeah, and because of that, the lightheartedness suffers a little bit in this season because it has to tackle some really serious topics, Mm -hmm. uh, especially since they're all cops. I do think it's interesting and I actually like the choice to have Rosa be the one that just, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. As opposed to having it be like Terry or uh, Captain Holt, which would have been very obvious. But I like that, you know, especially in Captain Holt's case, he fought as a gay black man in the force. So it would be a little from a writing perspective, it would feel a little wrong to tear that away from him. But with Rosa, I think it was perfect for her, you know, attitude driven character for her to be the one that's like, no, I'm not participating in this anymore. And it worked. It worked really well. Uh, and I was, uh, I'm sad to see it go cause it is a, it's a legitimately great comedy and it's been great for how many seasons though? Eight. Eight. So it's eight solid seasons. Yeah. Like I really can't think of like an obvious lull in terms of like, like there's no community season four is my point. Right. It, it doesn't have one of those, which is awesome to say about a
1: comedy show. Uh, but yeah. So with all of our recent stunts. Shall we get to some news? Do you, do you have any news to cover? Anything going on with Catch All Comics?
2: I got I got nothing. Perfect. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, like the books, books come out. Like, uh, you, you know, I've got books in comic shops. So ask your comic shop if they have Tart and uh, please read it. Time Traveling Demon honor. That's all the news I got.
1: Got it. I got two pieces of news. Go for it. Uh, first things first, Flight of the Navigator Reboot. With Bryce Dallas Howard at the helm. Yeah. I'm fine with Bryce being at the helm of anything. Uh, she could be at the helm of me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> God of War Ragnarok is going to be the last game in the Norse saga. Yes. But they, they pretty much said that. Right. But the, uh, the creator said, I think one of the most important reasons is the first game took five years. The second game, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm just going to throw out that it's going to take close to a similar time. Then, if you think a third one in that time frame, we're talking a span of close to fifteen years of a single story, and I feel like that's just too stretched out. That's fair. I um yeah. Does that mean we're gonna get Odin in this game? Probably. Does that mean Kratos kills both Thor and Odin in the same game? Maybe. I don't know. Well. Hopefully, I'm I'm hyped as fuck anyway.
0: I'm I'm okay with two games per like because they're these long epics. Like I, I'm I'm okay with it. Right. and we already know what their next possible mythologies are. Egyptian, maybe it's either going to be Egyptian, Japanese, or Celtic.
1: Not gonna lie, I think Kratos would get fucked by the Shinto, uh, Shinto uh, mythology, but you know whatever. I'm here. It's Kratos. But yeah, yeah, because in the last game... He's in definitely the, a Mary Sue if there ever the, was
0: one. In <laughs> the tier, uh, in the the tiles that he's looking at, the one that uh, one of the ones has in the four corners, it has... Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a Mjolnir. It's a symbol for Mjolnir. It has the Omega symbol, which is his Greek symbol. And then it has a Shinto symbol and a Celtic symbol. Mm. Uh, and, oh, and the Ankh, sorry. Right. Uh, so that so that pretty much gives you a hint of like where they will probably be going next. But yeah, that's uh, I'm here for I'm here for it. I like what they would done you be
1: alright if they kill Kratos and we continue with the trade? I,
0: I I hope they do. You hope
1: they kill Kratos? Yes.
0: All right. I I I, I was I I I've talked about this already. I was hoping he stayed dead when he died in God of War Three. Right. But I'm 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 okay with them bringing him back. But I'd also be very happy to see him like actually pass it down
1: to his son. All right. Well, let's see what they do. Either way, the gameplay is going to be great. Yes. What news do you have, Dr. Rude? Uh, So I, ta- I actually <laughs> talked
0: about this briefly before we started recording, Uh, but Anthony Mackie is, uh, has been announced to star in Sony's Twisted Metal series.
1: I don't know anything about Twisted Metal. How about you, Kevin?
2: Okay. So I didn't think I did, but you did talk about it. Is that the one with the clown Sweet with the tooth. hair on fire? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I played a one of them. Okay. That's what I remember. I, I don't remember anything else than the uh you know the Rolling Stones doo yeah. you know like uh lead in and then the clown with the hair on fire. And so, that was a badass. Twisted Metal game. Black,
1: right? No, no well he uh, Sweet Tooth has been in all of them. Right, but the Rolling Stones painted black probably was that.
2: Makes sense. I think
0: so. I don't From a marketing
1: standpoint that's the clearest sure. thing.
0: But well on that note actually Twist of Metal Black so the, it's just, the, the weird thing about making a, a series about Twisted Metal is that it's pretty light on the lore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of about as much lore as a fighting game does. Because the, all the lore you get from the characters is a small snippet on their bio screen. And then whatever their final cutscene is. Because right. they all have the same thing as oh, like... It's an arcade. Com- yeah, it. exactly. Uh, meanwhile, Twisted Metal Black went way deeper into the lore. But it also got way grittier. Mm. And that... Brings up my topic that I mentioned is my problem with Anthony Mackey's casting. I don't think he can do gritty. You've yet to see it. I, I've yet to see him do it successfully. Yeah. Right. Because he was You don't was believe
2: in... in Papa Doc? <laughs> Come on.
0: <laughs> you know, that's fair. But no, uh, he was in Black Mirror. Okay. And I don't think he sold that. And that wasn't even that gritty. It was just a little deeper than his usual content. And he was in Altered Carbon Season 2. And in my opinion, his acting was the worst choice for that role.
1: Probably killed the show.
0: I, I I think it might have. Um, just because, like, you went from Joel Kinneman, who pulled off this really grizzled, really jaded, really just fuck-everything attitude. He pulled it off perfectly. And he pulled off this, like, like traumatized badass... Cause that's really what he is, and Anthony Mackie did not have that. He played it like like Anthony a, Mackie. He played it like a like a Marvel superhero, and that's not what it is. Okay. So I'm not I'm not I'm not you know I'm not I'm not going to be at the pick. I'm not going to be picketing the movie, but <laughs> or the series. You'll but watch it, but of, of
1: course, because it's twisted metal. Right. You'll watch it. You'll give it a chance, but you're you're his going casting, in with low expectations. Yeah.
0: His casting is not an exciting point for me. Um, also, um, uh, Marvel is bringing back, uh, JM Dematis for the Ben Riley Spider, uh, the Ben Riley Spider-Man
1: series. Hmm. Super excited. All right. Great writer. You know more about Spider-Man than I do. Uh, I,
0: I, and I'm, and I'm still riding the high off what I learned last week. Last week, I learned that they're finally retconning the worst thing that Marvel ever did to Spider-Man. We can talk about it later, but it's Sin's past. I've already talked about it ad nauseum on the show. Okay but it we'll talk about it later and you'll understand why it needs to go. Uh and honestly, I don't have a whole lot else. We've got uh you know, uh Moon Knight is going to supposedly feature uh, the Mr. Knight costume from the comic books. All right. Which is the the suit with the as opposed to the big hooded suit. Mm-hmm. So, but we already know that he does have the hooded suit also. So, he's going to have multiple costumes, which is really cool. Really excited to see Moon Knight. Um And also, I wanted to talk about this a lot. Or I want to talk about this a bit. Andrew Garfield has been on the talk show circuit a lot recently. And I think he's done it. And I think Marvel has paid him to do it.
1: He's also doing a movie with... um, uh, Facing uh, Tammy Baker or whatever. Yes, I know. But a big topic of conversation
0: because I don't know if you're aware... But the rumors of Andrew Garfield's involvement in Spider-Man Far From Home have been prevalent for well over a year at this point. Mm-hmm. Him and Tobey Maguire. Uh, and he's been on a lot of talk shows recently ha- trying to temper people's expectations. And he's even said, I know what's going on in the movie. And people, if people don't manage their expectations, they will be disappointed. But it's not my job to tell people how to feel. They're going to be disappointed whether I tell them to or not.
1: Okay. Sorry, it's the eyes of Tammy Faye. Sorry.
0: Got it. Uh, So this is the... Because normally I don't really trust anyone anymore. Right. Because Marvel's been having their actors lie left and right, their directors, even their trailers lie. Mm Mm-hmm. But this from Andrew Garfield feels very sincere. Okay. It doesn't feel like just like trying to hide the truth. It feels very much like... So, at most, he, because he hasn't also, he hasn't really outright said that he's not in it. He has, but it's been more kind of joking around. Yeah, but he's straight up, like, directly said, manage your expectations. So, I'm thinking at most, we can expect a cameo. At most.
1: Or a blink, you miss it? Yeah, or a blink,
0: you miss it. Meaning all these people hoping for a big Toby, Tom, Andrew team up are going to be let down. Uh, which is a little disappointing, but I'm also just happy to get Alfred Molina and uh, and Willem Dafoe back.
1: Really? I, I thought you didn't like Dafoe.
0: I do like... I like Dafoe. I just hate his suit. Uh-oh. That's the only thing I hate. All right. Because
1: how do you hire... So would you rather him be the friend?
0: Ah, ah. But how do you hire a man with a face like Defoe's and cover it up with that Power Ranger helmet?
1: I don't know how you don't hire him to be the Joker at least once. <laughs> But, by the
0: way, I just found this out, and I can't believe I never noticed this before. How
1: huge his, big, his dick
0: is? Um, no, but okay. <laughs> he it's,
2: ha- it's distractingly large.
0: Yeah.
1: Is it really? Uh, you, uh, you heard about that with Last Temptation of Christ, right?
2: I, I heard about it uh, on How Did This Get Made to talk to some of your contemporary podcasters. Uh-huh. Uh, I know you guys run in their circles. Uh, How Does Get Made was talking about it, and- uh, yeah, that was one of the lines that the uh, Madonna movie he was in. Uh, oh, Body was it of Evidence? movie? Body of Evidence. Oh yeah. The director said it was either distractingly large, disturbingly large, or wow. something of okay. what that, I heard yes. was Marty. <laughs> Marty Scorsese was
1: doing Last Temptation of Christ, and you see, uh, you know, Jesus have sex with Mary Magdalene uh-huh. or whatever, and Marty was like. Jesus's dick is not that big. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: they had to get a cock stunt double. What? Wait. Yeah. So wait. that's not his cock. We're in supposed the film. to
2: believe that the son of God,
1: right? Doesn't is, have a is big. Is well down? No. Marty, come on. <laughs> if
0: anybody's gonna be kind of like hefty down there, and also that that would have been the most realistic part because we all know Jesus was actually black.
2: We, we, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and and doesn't. Isn't the whole point for the woman to scream, Jesus Christ? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. No. I I agree. But well, what I wanted to point out was not his uh, his dick, but his teeth. Actually, I never noticed this because he his he doesn't have the best teeth. Mm. Okay. But I never really noticed this in the first Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie. There is a visceral difference between him when he's. Pleasant Norman Osborn versus when he's like Storm and Norman exactly, yeah. and it's when he's Norman they gave him fake teeth, okay. they gave him a nice pretty smile, oh. and I never noticed that before, and what and, and you can see it in the mirror scene. In the mirror scene, he's got both sets of teeth in the mirror and when he, and when he's Norman, and I never and it's so effective. I love shit like that. Yeah,
1: that that was definitely Sam Raimi all the way. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: But that's things like that I love. And, and it's true. It, it it did exactly what it set out to do, because there is a visible difference between right. like this menacing psycho goblin and the Norman that we see being all pleasant to Peter. And I love right. shit like that. Uh so yeah, so I'm excited to get both of them back. I'm even just, I'm excited for Jamie to get another chance at Electro. Um But I am I, also like It'll be most,
1: yellow at Electro, it won't be blue. Yeah.
0: Like most Spider-Man fans, yeah, I'm disappointed to not get this big, epic team up. But I also get it. Like, this is Tom's world. Right. Like, he should it, be the one.
2: It, it feels to me, too, like we had, we had Into the Spider-Verse that yes. was perfect. Yes. So, if they did do this thing where it's all the Spider-Men again, right. and it was a B-plus movie. Right. We've gone from an A++ to a B+ we'd all think it was shit. So I kind of hope they leave it at Tom with some cameos. I agree. But here's
0: my thing about that: is that. So I'm deeply entrenched in the Spider-Man fandom. And I will tell you right now (laughs) that there is feverent... Like like people will go to war over which Spider-Man was their favorite. I almost feel like the movie would sell itself. If they did turn out to be a team up between the three of them. Like it'd be one of those things that could not fail almost just because like nostalgia is
1: like the drug of the decade. I I would ask both of you since both of you are better writers than me, considering I'd never wrote anything. (laughs) uh, How would you feel? Okay. You have your team up. But would you rather say Toby dies and passes the baton to Tom? I, Would you be okay with that? I, I don't think that's necessary. I don't... I think... A,
0: I think by killing Toby Spider-Man, you're going to alienate the Toby Spider-Man fans. I don't think... Because I don't think his story has earned that. Like, he didn't have the chance to live out a long enough story mm. to where killing him off feels warranted. Um, so I wouldn't want that. Now, I still think you could have a passing off the baton moment without killing him, though. Because Toby's an older guy.
2: Can I ask a question? Yes. Can I keep Toby's Peter Parker and just kill Toby? (laughs) Excuse me? Are we not a fan know. of Tobey Maguire? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's he's a terrible human being. I, I really like his Peter Parker. Oh, is he? I, I I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Read the Molly's Game, the poker the poker uh, book, and you'll see a side of Tobey Maguire that uh, is not that great. Really? See, yeah.
1: I was I was thinking you were gonna go the roundabout way. Oh, let's do Clone Saga. I was like, what? <laughs> Make Tobey. <Ben laughs> no, I mean,
2: I don't should. know. I, you know, like well, I didn't again, know that. Mo- mo- it's from Molly's point of view. Her perspective perspective don't
0: so in a counter what what book was it again i'm sorry it's called
2: molly's game it was made into a movie it's a woman who ran these extremely large poker games in hollywood ben affleck toby Maguire, all all those things but there has been a movie made of it i i read the book and uh yeah toby uh interesting special special guy special guy
1: huh he did have a bout with alcoholism back in like 06 07 i know that
2: C- could be, and it could be the demons there, and I, you know, I don't hold, I don't hold things to people who've, who fought their demons right. and come out of it.
1: Right. They so, should apologize
2: to Molly, not me. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think he deserve, I deserve an apology. I will, I will accept one. <laughs> uh, no, I still want an
0: apology from Topher Grace, actually, <laughs> for Venom. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. But no, uh, counter to your point, and this is what puts me at odds with a lot of the Spider-Man movie community. I hate Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, I like the movies because I like Spider-Man. mostly the villains. Mm. And yeah, and I like Spider-Man. And it was the first thing we got yeah. since, you know, those 70s live action joints that yeah. we don't really talk about. Uh, so yeah, so for that, it has my love. But he never felt like Peter Parker or Spider-Man to me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd actually argue that of the three modern actors we've had to play it, Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man of the three. He felt the most Spider-Man. His Peter Parker
1: was okay. I think Tom is a great Peter. I think he's, yeah, he's a a good Peter. And Andrew's a better Spidey. That's also what I believe. Because Andrew talked a lot of shit while he was Spider-Man. That's what sells it
0: to me. And one thing that Mark Webb did perfectly was make him a spider. Like, there's certain scenes in those two movies Hmm. that, like, are in my... They look like comic book covers. Right. There's the one scene where he's in the sewer and he's literally crouched on... By the way, physical, real webbing that he's crouched in the middle of and it's this dark sewer tunnel and it looks so good.
1: To find the lizard. Uh, yeah. It's amazing one. Yeah. yeah, when he's
0: feeling... Exactly, when he's feeling... And also an amazing one when he's fighting the lizard. There's one scene... Where they're fighting, it's in the school, and he's crawling around the lizard and wrapping him up in the web. Like, that is such a cool scene. Mm-hmm. And it feels so, like, it looks like, like, that feels like, oh, this is how a Spider-Man would fight. And it, I love that. And they haven't had that in the Raimi films or Tom's films. And I, I wish it had a little more of that. So that's why I give Andrew Gar- Andrew Garfield got shafted, in my opinion. He got kind of the Henry Cavill uh, treatment, where he just hasn't been given a good enough script, because that that's really the only thing that separated him from being the best Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, I liked all three. I, I'm 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 a weirdo. I I love Tom Holland. I love his take on it. Um, I I've only seen Amazing One. I haven't okay. seen Electro. So I, I you don't need to. I honestly <laughs> my wife my wife went and saw it and she came home like angry like she was. So angry. I had to talk her down. <laughs> and she's like, I can't believe that they killed Gwen Stacy. Oh. And I was like, she goes, it's man pain. I said, well, here's the thing though. Gwen Stacy dying created man pain. Yeah. Like, so you have to, you have to realize that all of the man pain that you've seen since then yeah. came from this. So don't be mad at Gwen Stacy. Be mad at the thousand times you've seen it since. But she was just like, there's too many villains, blah. blah. And I was like, so I haven't seen it. But I do like Andrew. I like his take on it. And I like Toby and I like his take on it.
0: It's and I, I will say this, objectively speaking, I agree. I'm shit-talking Toby. But again, I do love those movies. However, and I stand by this, Andrew Garfield's suit in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man suit we've gotten okay. on screen. Okay. It is almost perfectly page accurate. And, it, and also, I'm a big fan of The Big Eyes. I, I, I never much care for the Ditko eyes. Mm-hmm. Not been my thing. And don't even get me started on the Raimi eyes. I hate those triangles. They've always looked weird to me. But in in, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, he's got the really big eyes. Like the it,
2: McFarlane big? Or, almost. Or, okay. But
0: but uh, but McFarlane, McFarlane does the straight lines in his, kind of like his spawn eyes. Mm-hmm. These are more rounded. They're big
1: discs. But it
0: makes for a really great
1: profile. Okay. And I love that. And I think on that note, we can take a break. Yes. And we're going to get back into the question of the week. What makes an indie comic indie? Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll catch you in a minute, freaks. Yeah. Can I have some water? Yes. Hey, everyone. This is
0: George, the Bone King, interrupting this transmission to tell you about the Fan Freaks podcast, the podcast where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Hope to get freaky with you all very soon. And welcome back, freaks. So, let's get into our discussion of the day, and that is it's the question of the week: What makes an indie comic indie?
1: I, th- I think it's not Marvel have- or DC. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to kind of just get into it in a specific way because we have an indie developer here. We have an indie creator, mm-hmm. um, and you are very indie compared to what we think. You and I, uh, Doctor Rude, like image dynamite right um, dark horse dark horse and so on but how would you categorize it first and foremost kevin what what would you argue what makes an indie comic indie
2: i would argue if you're putting your own money into the entire team before the book is created you're definitely indie that's okay awesome. that's done
1: that okay that's the minimum i guess that's the min-
2: that's the minimum starting you point.
1: have to hit that poll
2: uh, you have to You don't have to be creator-owned. You probably should be. So let's
0: talk about examples of creator-owned. Image Comics was the big one we talked about.
2: So Image Comics is this weird outlier where it can absolutely be indie, and it's also the third biggest publisher in America. So it's very tough to say Scott Snyder's creator-owned books with the big I in the corner are indie, except for the fact that Scott is Scott and his team yeah. are putting the money into the, the thing. Now the groups like Dynamite, IDW, they're using Power Rangers, they're using Turtles. You know, I don't consider those indie. I consider those a small uh, mainstream book. Really? Interesting. Yes. Because it's you don't you don't have any control of the IP. Which international uh, your 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 property? I can do whatever I want with Tark.
1: But don't they also have original IPs?
2: Some, but rare.
1: Well, it happened with uh, the Sonic comics, right? The Sonic the Hedgehog comics. The guy made a whole mythos about it. Then Sega pulled the rug on from under him, and then he sued Sega, and I think he won. Where he has to, he gets paid like royalties and stuff, but. I Power Rangers has to be that kind of thing because they're owned by, like, Hasbro or something. Saban. Saban. Saban solely owns Power Rangers. Oh, Hasbro owns fucking Transformers. Yes. Sorry. Hmm. Um, so, we have the minimum. The big two, they can't at all be indie, but they do have their own imprints that are kind of considered indie, right? Like, DC has Black Label which is, you know, they're they're like mature properties. Then they have also had, excuse me, Wildstorm, which was Mm -hmm. like, and what was the one for Hellblazer? Vertigo. They had Vertigo. That was also, but those aren't indie, correct? Well,
0: no, like Marvel has Icon
1: also.
2: Icon would be closer in my mind to indie than would be Vertigo because Icon was creator owned. It was basically built as as far as I know it to keep uh Brian Michael Bendis happy.
1: Interesting. Oh, so I you did look not at the that. you
2: look at the first Icon books and it was uh mostly Bendis, but I think also Brewbreaker and Phillips first book, Criminal well, like, I believe was an Icon.
0: Yeah. The, well the big one that comes to mind which I was going to talk about in the interview conversation,
2: no, Nemesis. Oh, M- uh Miller, Mark M- uh, Mark Miller, Miller,
0: yeah. Uh and uh, it's one of my favorite books I've ever read. It's it's so delightfully awful. Um, <laughs> it really is. No, like awful in like the best way. I truly. But uh, but no. So I, I struggle with those also. Where like, but both are still under their big brother umbrella. Like they're still like high. They're still very much supported by.
2: Yes, I would argue that the the Millerverse that he's doing now, even though it's funded by a deal with Netflix. Or right. is it? Or is it Amazon?
1: No, it's Netflix. It's okay, Netflix. they so, canceled the Jupiter's Legacy.
2: Okay, so he's getting this money from the left, the left hand side, right. But he is the sole control over those books. So even though he's a multi-multi millionaire with a huge name, I would consider his works indie. I'm not sure I would consider Nemesis because it was at the time basically almost like you've got publicists behind you you've right. got the the you you the marketing people hitting every comic shop in the world for you um, and th- that's why i said i don't know we're going to get to the answer to this because there's a thousand layers to this onion i think of it as if you go to a punk rock show that band is indie but if you go to a metallica concert that's it's not, not. A, yeah it's the same music and it can be great right. and it's so tough to differentiate but metallica was indie when they started
1: right but what if so, that same punk rock show opened for metallica ooh, well you point. don't have the equivalent well that's comics. still sorry, sorry. yeah sorry <laughs> <yeah. laughs> my point failed.
0: so really quick on the topic of idw
2: mm-hmm.
1: first off idw
0: has published judge Dredd, and that's wild to me i didn't know that okay but idw has one proprietary work that they've published even though they haven't always been the publisher for it but that keeps them solidly like I have to consider them when I talk about indie comics and that's Yojimbo okay the samurai
2: rabbit but were they the first or did they, they not. bring it did they bring existing work that had already happened in Japan
0: well so that's the weird thing about Yojimbo is Yojimbo isn't really a manga okay because Yojimbo was written for the American audience
2: Okay
0: um, so, it's, it's, so so that's something else I wanted to talk about too Because I do feel That we need to exclude Manga from this conversation
1: Because Oh yeah We're focused primarily On American comics no? Western
0: comics in, As a whole Because some of these aren't this, Like Judge Dredd Is an American mm-hmm. Right okay um, Got it But But Manga is its whole Other thing It, it has its uh, The The ecosystem In which manga exists Is wildly different Than American comics So I don't feel it fits in this conversation. That's a whole separate conversation Mm -hmm. to have. But uh, yeah, Usagi Yojimbo is one of my favorite books as a kid growing up. Like, don't get me wrong, Ninja Turtles are really cool. Yeah. But I loved the idea of this like super solemn samurai rabbit who actually crossed over the Ninja Turtles several times. Uh, And so like that was actually going to be my number five entry on the list today. Okay. Because that was kind of my first time reading a book that wasn't like Spider Man, Batman, or X Men was Yojimbo. Uh, and then shortly after that was Bone. Um, and that, yeah, that's, I mean, IDW is a big part of the reason I ever got that in my hands. So I, I with IDW, but you're right, I'm looking at their catalog now, and every entry except Yojimbo and Judge Dread has been a licensed IP. So like
1: Star Trek and Star Wars, Star
0: Trek's tra- uh, even Transformers yeah. in some cases, but they do Star Trek, Star Wars, Sonic. They do My Little Pony comics. They do the GI Joe comics. They do the Gears of War comics. They do the Dungeons and Dragons comics and a few other licensed IPs here and there. For so the, they are a
2: licensed IP yeah. machine for the most part. That's what they do. And yeah. I've actually, when before we got going, I actually brought Tart to Tate's Comics and showed it to them. They were doing a signing. And uh, I I cannot say enough nice things about Chris Rael and Dirk Wood who were there. They point blank told me, "We are not taking any unlicensed books. That's not what we do anymore." This looks good. Keep going. And they gave me a couple pointers. So wow. they they they're not in they're not in business to take a new IP and bring it to the world. They're in the business to take a cool. Uh, property and bring it to comic readers in a different right. way, and they do a great job of it. But I don't consider that indie; they're just smaller than Marvel because of that.
0: Yeah, and and again, it's 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 it is hard to call something indie when really what they are
1: is a vehicle. They're Correct. they're a production company more than anything else. I have a question for both of you. What's up? If you were to rank them, so. DC Marvel are tied for like one, two. Mm-hmm. What's three? What's four? What's five? If are we to, saying
2: in size of comic company or indie? Not indie. I
1: would argue uh, marketplace share.
2: Image is three. I mean, that's image. This image. Image, image is, some, is three. Some days for image. Sure. Some days image is two or one, depending on what's going on. But the oh, top yeah. three are Marvel, DC, Image.
1: But my understanding, Image really only has Spawn.
2: But they do get credit in the marketplace for The Walking Dead, for oh. Happy, for mm. whatever they put out, they get credited in the marketplace. They don't own them. They don't own, they don't really own anything because Todd McFarlane owns Spawn. Right, Image right. doesn't. Um, but yes, market share of the big eye is in the top three. Oh,
1: wait,
0: there, there is a whole other company that we actually haven't mentioned at all and that's Valiant. Because Valiant oh, is huge the- in personal IPs. Mm-hmm
1: yeah they're big on that
0: I mean that's another one of my favorite characters again this this is not a character I've enjoyed much as an adult mm-hmm. I will admit he was strictly like me as a kid loved ninjack. okay Ninjak was one of my favorite fucking books as a kid I have in my bedroom right now in my comic book boxes I have a hollow foil Ninjak cover that I'm obsessed with uh but yeah I, like they Valiant has done they did ninjack. they did um Faith, yep. Bloodshot, uh, uh,
2: blue, something blue, blue something.
0: Arm, uh, Archer and Armstrong is one I remember okay. uh, reading and enjoying. They've got like again, I, I can go by the list here, and their list of and this is all just original IPs. So I appreciate that from Valiant, and Valiant also made. Uh, they, what's the name of their Superman character? Um, dang it, I can't remember now. Oh, sorry. I'm 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 going on tangents here. But who prints Icon? The hero Icon.
1: Oh, you got me, beat, bro. Oh. Yeah, I don't know that one.
0: Oh. what? I'm pretty sure his name's like he's a he's uh he's like a Captain Marvel character where he's a little kid that turns into a superhero. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure his name's Icon. Oh, it's published by DC. What Icon? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! Well, there you go. Never mind. Then.
2: <laughs> That's so weird. Because they, icon, have a sh- they have Shazam, and they have well, a bite because, on Shazam.
1: Yeah, that's really weird that they're okay. Sure. Oh shit! According to Wiki, again, it's Wiki. But when Bendis went to DC in 2017, the Icon imprint went with him. Okay. Oh, interesting. All of Bendis's comics went
0: to DC. But no, see, so I, I, I must have the name wrong. 'Cause it's a hero who has a it's a little kid who has a parasite inside of him that turns him into a into like a Superman esque character. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh back to the topic at hand. <laughs> yeah. Um So It's really hard to judge indie comics on like a particular quality. Correct. Meaning not the quality correct. of the work, but like, for example, like when you like B-movies have a specific feel to them. Hmm. Some B-movies are great, but they have a feel to them. But I don't think that's fair to judge comic books the same way as to say, like, indie comics feel a certain way.
1: Right.
0: Because that's a little reductive of both sides of that argument. That's a little reductive of both indie comics and of, like, the big two. Saying that they don't produce comics that have that nuanced feel because they have.
1: Um... So like what other there's a certain emotion though, like a certain soul I feel when I read an indie comic. Like I the the comics I've read are mostly, unfortunately, the big two, because that's you know, that's the most heavily marketed. That's the one that's you know,
2: with the cartoons and I'm an indie comic writer. I do read a lot of indie comics. I still love checking out X-Men. I still love checking out Avengers, I still love Batman, Wonder Woman. I love the big two work. There's nothing wrong with it, uh, you know. Like there's you sh- you don't have to apologize for reading big two. We'll just slip a little extra indie in in your pile, we You know, like we'll get you we'll get you off just heroin. We'll do a couple speed balls. I in mean, there for I, you. I
1: did have it pretty bad because
2: I would. So
1: growing up, you know, I I didn't have his foundation that he had, where his dad would show him comics. I just had the movies. Mm. So for me, I. What I watched when I was, like, eight years old. Oh, The Shadow. So the first thing I go into a comic book store, I'm going to check out Superman. But, hey, where's The Shadow? Because I like that movie. Even though many people will argue about the movie, I liked it. But still, uh, that's my type of thing. Then I saw fucking Stallone's Dread. <laughs> and that was terrible when you read the comic. But still, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm interested in this character. I feel... I feel movies have been so much more beneficial for indie comics than the other way around because because of the movies I got into these indie characters would would you agree or disagree on that point
2: I would agree that I would have never heard of The Crow if there was not The Crow the movie
1: yeah that blows my mind that that's a comic mm-hmm. like I still cuz it's such a noir film like I'm mm-hmm. like oh man this is such a great film what's well, a comic book how you know and then you read the comic and
2: yeah yeah yeah, no, you, I think you're exactly right because y- you can make a Superman movie and okay, so now the whole world knows about Superman. So you went from 1 billion people knowing about him to 6 billion. Right. You make an indie comic in a movie and you go from 800 people to maybe 30,000 people knowing about it to 90 million people knowing about it, whether they watch it or not. So yes, you, you go from so little to pretty big. Whereas with, you know, my wife is really into the MCU with me. And a lot of times I'll be like, oh, she asked me, it came up because the Hawkeye series is coming out. They just did a trailer. It looks phenomenal. She asked me after watching the first two Avenger movies, why do people like Hawkeye? And I went, <laughs> give me five minutes. And I went and I got the fraction, Aha, uh-huh, Um David uh, uh, Hawkeye, and I gave it to her. And she was like, oh, now I know why everybody loves Hawkeye. That's great. So, Yes. The movie, without the movie, she would have never right. read that, but she knew who Hawkeye was already, but thirty days of night, the crow um shoot uh, road to perdition was a was a comic yeah, yeah, no one would have known of these because they're these tiny little you know indie comics, and they become a movie and and then you know like me I'm like well i got I gotta check this out because. Uh, what was the train one? Snowpiercer with Chris yep. Evans. It's a French French comic. It's beautiful. That's, that's a comic book. I just yes, I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, it's it's a gorgeous... The art in Snowpiercer is gorgeous, but the movie was amazing. So, yes.
1: Oh, I, no! I thought you were gonna say no. Something no, about I agree. You.
0: Like it, um, movies are absolutely a, like it, it's.
1: But then, does it be? Is it still? Indie, if a yeah. movie's made about it,
0: I don't see why not. It, I mean, it depends on depends on what the publisher does at that point, or how. But see, that's just it. It so, also
1: depends how good the movie is. So,
0: mo- well, that and movies are a double edged sword in that regard mm-hmm. because. So yeah, you you make a movie about this comic book, but how much attention does it really bring to the comic book? Sure, to you and I. We would absolutely go and find out the road to perdition was a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. But your average media consumer
2: has no idea. And they don't do a good enough job. This is not my idea. This is Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah. He says, I do not know why when I come out of a Deadpool movie, there is not a comic spinner rack with 30 different Deadpool trade paperbacks for that movie to sell people. I don't know why they don't do it. You're,
1: I agree, a hundred percent. Jimmy's dead ass right. That that'd be fucking great. Not only that, let's let's look at the biggest seller right now, which is the MCU. Mm-hmm. Marvel comics haven't like jumped in terms of sales like that much. No. The movies aren't pushing the books that much. No, sure they you know they're getting the toys, the 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 adventure parks and all that, but the comics are still thirty, forty thousand an issue for Spider-Man or X-Men. Right. I, I was just trying to make that that jump about the movie because I was just trying to go with the allegory you were saying about Metallica. Because that I, punk rock band is the indie comic, but when they make a movie, they get to that level of noticeability, or lack yeah. of a better word, uh, with that amount of audience.
2: In right? my opinion, I can think of two that have probably crossed over into brands and out of indie. Uh, we've already brought up the turtles and I would say the tick. I would say those two indie comics and the tick was the indiest comic of indie comics ever. I oh mean, yeah. That was a dude just drawing funny shit for his comic shop and they stapled it together and put it out and built this thing. But I do think both of those entities, you know, with the two live action series and a, and a cartoon for the Tick, and a million adaptations for turtles. I and can't counting. I can't consider either of those. I still love them. I can't consider either of those indies any longer. They're Metallica. They've made. Oh it. yeah. They're a brand.
1: I like this benchmark that we're using: punk rock, Metallica. <laughs> like I like that. Uh, but no, and like like Turtles
0: is the is the greatest like example of that. Mm-hmm. Like Turtles started off
2: as gritty and indie as you can get. It's a, it's a parody of Daredevil. Yeah, is all it is. Yeah. In instead, it's- in
0: Turtles' canon, it's in the same universe as Daredevil. As a matter of fact, according to the creators, it's the same accident that creates Matt Murdock is right. the accident
1: that created the Turtles. Tgri, got
0: that's it. So
2: awesome.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and they stand by it to this day. By the way, which and I think is that, great.
1: That's something else, because I would like to argue that you know, with with the Marvel and the DC, I I'm sorry to keep bringing them up, but they're a a mark of a relevant point to make in, in that they are comic accurate now and very loose back like 20 years ago. Now comics are more important to the, to the accuracy of the character. Like the Spider-Man Tom Holland now is more accurate to the comic because of the web shooters and stuff like oh, that. Well, yeah, Than Toby's is, but then you have things like Stallone's dread where they take, Oh, this is an idea but we're going to just completely make it our own and change what the comic came from. I feel because indie comics don't get enough respect or they don't have as many army of lawyers as yeah. DC and Marvel do, or well, DC is owned by Warner, but still they, they're, they're very loose with the adaptation. And I feel that might also hinder the comic, Right. Because, like, Bloodshot or Bloodsport... The Vin Diesel comic book movie that apparently was... Bloodshot, yeah. What? Bloodshot. Bloodshot. That's Valiant. That's Valiant. Yep. Nobody fucking watched it. Nobody heard about it. It's, like, 40%, 30% of Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people didn't like it. But that that was, like, Valiant's one shot, as far as I know.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't... And that was also another passion project from Vin Diesel that he put a lot of his own money into. Oh. Which, by the way, I think is, like, he, he, he... He's taking these... I I love how passionate he gets about certain things. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but you know that he, like, risked losing his house to get the Chronicles of Riddick made.
2: I I didn't didn't know know that.
0: that. Yeah, like, he fully mortgaged that movie, and if that movie hadn't made money, he would have lost his house. Wow. Fully mortgaged his house to make that. Whatever. The point is... He, yeah, Morgan's he the was, movie, I got Yeah, it. Morgan's mm-hmm. the movie, sorry. He was all in on that movie, and I'm glad it worked out for him, yeah. but it's wild to me that someone is that passionate about getting a project, Man, I think that's really cool. But anyway, really quick, two things. Prime is the character I was thinking of, Prime. not okay. Icon. Okay. Icon is another character, but no, I was thinking of Prime, who was published by... Shit, I can't
2: remember now. Um,
0: <laughs> Malibu Comics, which eventually became Marvel Comics.
2: Did they do Aliens versus Cowboys? I think so. Cowboys versus Aliens? I don't I know which so. it is. Okay, that was a very very brilliant group that basically did comics just to get movies made. Cowboys versus Aliens was an idea to to get Hollywood before it was a comic. No uh, shit. Yeah, no, they're And I like the movie. I don't. I don't know the story enough to give it justice. Please look up the they Cowboys vs. Aliens there. comic story. It's, it's a pretty cool uh, fake it till you make it story. And they made it, so God bless them.
1: So I th- we've talked about what makes an indie comic indie. And we've talked about, uh, loosely, how indie can you get? And what's the high point? What would you argue is often overlooked when you go into a comic book store what do you think people should look for first? Should it be the big two? Sure. Or should it yeah. be yeah. an indie comic? No, post?
2: no. I, I, think, I think you go into a comic book store, you should go find something you know you're going to like. Because life's short, man. You love Spider-Man. Go buy a friggin' Spider-Man. Also, talk to the people behind the desk. Tell them what you like. Yep. I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man because he's so funny. Hey, guess what? We also have this funny comic, right. you know, uh, Metal Shark Bro. I'm, I'm going to shout out Scout Comics because I'm under them. Metal Shark Bro has the same type of quippy stuff. You might like Spider-Man and Metal Shark yeah. Bro. Comic books, I, the most amazing thing about comic book readers is it's not you, me versus you. It's us. We're together. I can I can get my comic in your hands and his comic in your hands or her comic, and the more you like hers, the more you're likely to come back to mine too. Yeah,
1: there's no monoliths anymore. It's all us. For and there shouldn't be. And not only that, like you
0: can't like especially today with some except with some wiggle room, but you cannot have the attitude of no. Down with DC and Marvel. Mm. It has to be all indie. Because if not for DC and Marvel, the industry's dead. Th-
2: there, that shop would not exist yeah. without the big exactly. two and Image. Yeah. That's how they they pay their their rent, they pay their, their AC, and they pay their staff with Marvel and DC. They get whatever profit with Marvel and DC. Yeah. Whatever they sell of us indies is stocking the candy. Yeah. And so what I ask people to do, you go into a shop, I ask you to walk in and say, I really love this comic book tart. Do you have any copies? Can you order them for me? Right. And then go and grab a, you know, a Buffy, the vampire slayer, a, you know, a uh, Sandman. That's the type of style book that I write. You come back in, you throw, you throw that, that Sandman trade paper back down and, and say, I love this book and I love tart. And maybe they'll order tart. But I want you to go in a comic shop and buy something you like. Yeah, and if it's nine marvels and no indies, that's great. But if it's seven marvels and two indies, that's phenomenal.
0: But yeah, so. let's talk about something a little more modern and something that you can provide some insight on, and that's a tool that indie com- that indie creators didn't have ten years ago, and that's crowd mm, crowdfunding. Yeah. That's huge for indie creators
1: because we have uh, we have friends. Uh, Attic Door Media. They do. Uh, they started their first issue, and that was uh, what kick something Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. They kick. kick sta- sta- they they kick. Is that the past tense? Kickstarted. Yes, they sure. kickstarted. Sure. Sure. They kickstarted their first issue, and now they're doing it for their second issue, and that's doing well for them. But they also put in their own money, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's but indie
2: as fuck, man.
1: That's that's how it goes, right? Crowd yeah. crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. With that, but also social media, because, oh, well, yeah, but, but that's how you market now. Absolutely. Indie comics. that's how you have to market everything, really.
0: Well, so, well, and, and this is uh, uh, one of the points I want to bring up that really crowdfunding allows you to get in with the smallest team possible, because Tart was really just you and Ludo, right? Yes, At the, at at the, the start. beginning, it was yeah. just
2: the two of us. Yeah. No editor, no letterer, just us. Yeah. Uh and so we yeah. So talk
0: to us a little bit from like the creator standpoint how like kickstarting a project feels on that end. Like what is how how much of Tart really depended on the kick, on the crowdfunding? You Take would have
2: never met me if it wasn't for crowdfunding. We use Kickstarter. If it was not for crowdfunding, we would have never met. Because I would have done three issues with Ludo we, we had a small publisher that did take us on. And uh, when we left them, we argued over the $60 in sales that um, they had made for us. Jesus. Really? In months. Months. No. Y- years. Um, <laughs> and so when we left them, I was at a crossroads. What are we going to do? And uh, you know, my, my, buddy Juan with creature entertainment, I was talking to, he goes, why don't you take this to Kickstarter, kickstart your own volume of this book. And I said, I don't know. I'm afraid to do that. Cause I don't have a big audience yet. And he, the best words I've ever heard in my life. One said the worst thing that can happen on Kickstarter is th- 30 days of free advertisement.
1: Yeah. Damn. That's
2: good. You don't pay a penny to get on Kickstarter. And If you fail, you don't make your funding goal. You don't get a penny, but it doesn't cost you a thing. And that's a beautiful way. That's That took the fear of failing away from me that, okay, this is advertisement. We were lucky enough to succeed. And we've gone to Kickstarter for every issue of Tart. We've we finished 13. I, I should be able to drive over to Fort Myers this week or next week to pick up Tart 13. Every single one of them exists because of Kickstarter. I am at scout comics because I was able to prove there's an audience for Tart on Kickstarter.
1: No shit. They
2: wouldn't have taken us if I couldn't show that I can raise this money with this book. They realized, all right, there's an audience. We can find a new audience in comic shops and that's how we became a team. But yes, it is the, this is the most beautiful time to be in comics now because they're the gatekeepers have so little power You can do whatever you want. My buddy, Doug, Michelle, uh, his comic, he doesn't do it anymore. He drew it up. He went to Kinko's. He printed it. He stapled it and refused to take money for it and would mail it around America to people. No. Yeah. he. That's awesome. I mean, it's called Monkey Squad 1. It is absolutely hilarious. He doesn't do it anymore. And I'm sad that he doesn't because it's great. But, you know, he, you know, you. Talk about indie as fuck. Doug Michelle's indie as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, you know the 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 punk uh, the the punk allegory, the punk analogy works. It really does because, like, what's more punk than like pushing your music in like a shitty bar or like pushing cassettes into people's hands or whatever the fuck you can manage to do? You know, recorded off one microphone in your shitty ass garage. Yeah. Like that's punk as fuck, and that's basically what he's doing. Yeah.
1: I, I do have a question. I, that's a beautiful story. But I do have a question about the state of physical media. Mm, do okay. you feel that maybe with Kickstarter, while yes, even if you don't hit your goal, it's free advertising, as Juan said. That's great. That's a great line. But do you feel that maybe in the future, indie is going to have to go direct mail? There won't be a brick-and-mortar comic book store in the future. I mean, we keep reading about the end of comics. We hear so we've All three of us have seen our our comic book store or our comic book store fucking die. mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear about, like, Midtown closing in New York or, you know... uh, That sucks so bad. And, like, WizardCon not existing anymore and shit like that. Like, the stores are kinda going the way of the dodo. Do you feel that indie has to go crowdfunding?
0: Oh. Sorry, continue your thought,
1: but that, that indie has to go crowdfunding to even get released at this point? Or will it just be straight up indie like indie on the web type of thing where mm-hmm. everything's gonna be internet?
0: Nothing survives without adaptation. Like mm-hmm. nothing can survive without adapting. Right. And that's a that's a problem with comic book with the comic book store model is it's hard to adapt that to the modern marketplace. So don't get me wrong, I'm incredibly sad to see the comic book store go extinct. Hmm. But I'm also incredibly happy that there is still an avenue to put books in people's hands mm-hmm. by the means of you know direct, direct-to-consumer sales and stuff like that. So I'm happy that that exists as a way for you know indie creators to like adapt to the marketplace cuz i without it it's impossible
2: yeah to get it to get into the sausage of it kickstarter pays for our books if it wasn't for kickstarter like i said wouldn't we wouldn't exist uh co- local comic shops that do take a chance on us help us find readers i could never get to you know right. uh pulp pulp 716 in buffalo is this amazing comic shop shop Slash coffee shop in Buffalo, New York. I want to go there. They do I've amazing it. It stuff. so perfect for Buffalo too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It, they have a great presence on social media. They care about it. They do date nights where you get two comics and two coffees for like 12 bucks. You know, like they've had people get married from a first date no, at their comic book no shop. No
1: fucking way. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a great shop. I want to get there. So they're adapting it because they know that they couldn't exist as a coffee shop. And they couldn't exist as a comic book shop, but offering both, they're thriving. The wonderful thing we have as indie comic creators is all of us grew up during, or not all of us, I grew up during the comic book boom where we were like, physical media, you hold it, you're going to retire off of the investment. Even though we now know that's not true, there's still that mindset <laughs> <Very few exceptions. laughs> that I go and I buy it and I keep it nice and I hold on to it. Yep. I want the physical media. But as a creator, I want to sell you a physical comic book. But if you want me to email you a PDF for a little bit less money, great. If if someone wants to put it up on the web for us, and you know, you can't get money on advertising, but you know, like just readers, readers, readers. Any way I can get readers that's where i'm going to go. and so it's multi multi-tiered and there's no real money in this. you know, like i'm just trying to keep afloat. i'm yeah. trying to make sure that ludo ludo gets paid for his tremendous labor and great product and my letter and my editor as long as i can do that and i don't have to keep putting my own money into it. right. yeah, i think it was i'm happy.
1: i think it was neil adams that said i didn't go into this to make money. and clearly, you know, I, all i ever heard from from artists from all walks of life. I talked to Ramita Jr. at a con and everybody has said like, I just do this because I enjoy it, but I, th- there's no money really in it.
2: I have 50% of good news. Because <laughs> of Kick-Ass, John Ramita Jr. is fine.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's true.
2: I wouldn't say that Neil Adams has that. But John yeah. Ramita Jr., he's, he's, he's okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's fine. He's going to be fine, for sure. And Kickstarter has also done something for me personally. I'm sure this has happened with other people where it's allowed us to reconnect with creators that we love that maybe we didn't realize we're still making content. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, Indiegogo for, uh, for me. Because for anyone who talks to me long enough to talk about video games, will immediately find out that I will talk about Earthworm Jim ad nauseum. Okay. I will talk about Earthworm Jim until like my throat is bleeding. Uh, but I'm going to be honest it. with you. <laughs> uh, I didn't know... That uh uh uh, that Doug was still making stuff, that uh uh Doug ten apple ten apple ten whatever is still out there making stuff until I found his Indiegogo for Bigfoot Bill. Okay. And it's Bigfoot Bigfoot Bill is is his I think his spiritual successor to Earthworm Jim. Okay. And I'm so happy to have that now, and like if but if not for the if not for the Kickstarter or the Indiegogo having reached me. I never would have known that. I never would have known that this guy who created something I love so much is still out there making stuff. I
1: don't I and don't even know how you can pronounce it. Doug Ten, it's, ten I I
2: I haven't I don't know his work. I've right. heard of him, so yeah, I I don't know. Aple. Ask him. <laughs>
0: I've <laughs> ten, never heard it
2: said ten apples. You eat ten apples a day yes. and ten doctors <laughs> will go away. I,
0: I I've never heard it said by anyone right. but me, so right. I don't know. <laughs> but uh but see, but so that's but the, the, all of this is to say exactly that, like, and as the name Indiegogo implies, like, that is the way to do it now, I think. That's going to be, like, crowdf- sourcing is the way
2: to adapt to the modern marketplace. Well, very similar. Have you heard of Trekker by Ron Randall? No. Okay. It is. <laughs> I heard about it, and I contacted him, and I said, well, oh, my God, this sounds, it's, it's like a, a cowboy space, a, a sci-fi cowboy space opera. One of my favorite combinations uh, of genres, and I said, "Oh, this this sounds like the Whedon, a uh, Firefly." Right, and he said, "Well, yeah, I started this in 1984, but oh, but okay." Ooh, <laughs> yeah, and but he was very nice about right, it, but it right. was kind of like I predated him by 19, 17 years, so Firefly sounds like Tracker, right? And and I you know I was like fair, fair, and but he has, I bought his you know like hardcover that has the books he made in like 1984 through the books that he just wrote and drew six months ago are all in one hardcover because his fans were able to follow him. I, I could be wrong. I believe it was a dark horse book in the eighties, but I could be wrong about the, the publisher, but because he owned the IP, he can go to Kickstarter and he can get that book that I missed when I was 12. I can read at 40. So, So it's
1: like an omnibus is what you're talking about. It's an
2: omnibus with books made in 1984, 86, 92, 2004, 2012, 2018. It's it's, It's a really cool story. I do recommend checking out Trucker just for quality. But the story of how he can keep making this because he has a fan base that missed him and a group like me that's like, oh, this sounds cool, but I've never heard of it before. And he's making, you know, he's making these beautiful books. He's doing gangbusters on it, you know, twenty-five, thirty, forty thousand dollars a Kickstarter campaign.
1: That's fucking awesome.
2: Yeah, and the book's great. So it's like, yeah.
1: I will forgive me when you said Trekker. I'm like, are you talking about Star Trek? Like, are you <laughs> are you
2: calling yourself a Trekker?
1: Because because that's that's the biggest argument now. Sorry to change the topic, but fucking there's trekkies don't want to be called trekkies anymore they're called trekkers okay that's not the biggest argument now adrian like that is the the argument in star trek (laughs) okay in star trek try calling one of them a trekkie watch what happens i I can say that (laughs) they will phase you
0: i can use that word because i'm one of them
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so do you have any other questions like any other things you want to talk, bring up about
0: I think really what we've come down to, like where we where 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 it really boils down to, is almost the spirit of what's on the page. Really, it's more about like really how much blood, sweat, and tears
1: did someone put in to make this possible. That's a great point because earlier you, we were you were talking about what's different in a book from the big two and an indie book, and the soul of the book is there. Yeah. It's it's a genèse quoi when it comes to a comic like um, fuck I think I was reading Warren Ellis's Shadow and then I read his Moon Knight run okay there was like a glimpse there like oh I see what he was doing from Shadow to here but it's not the same because Shadow it felt like he was freer like he could do no, what he wanted you're definitely freer of course right mm-hmm. but that but. You know, when I was fucking 19, 20, 21, and I was reading this, I'm like, oh shit, this is there's difference in quality. There's a difference here. Yeah. Cause uh I don't know much about artists and writers as much as you do. You 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 actually are smarter than I am in that in that field.
0: <laughs> I'm just but- more
1: obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> Potato, potato. <laughs> Safe but, word.
2: <laughs>
1: nah, it, I didn't include the salad. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but good catch. Um, but some artists, good. some writers, I, I I, attach myself more because I'm willing to forgive bad art if the writing's good. Yeah, 100%. But I can't forgive bad writing if the art is good. It, does that make sense? No, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, cause I'm always attached more to the story. I, yeah. I want to read more. I want to tell me about this. And I feel when it comes to, to indies, I feel the writer is just as, how do I say this? Painting the situation with the words more so than the artist, if that makes sense.
2: I, I'm going to stand up as a writer and and say that just yeah as, I'm blowing you right now just as a, yeah thank you uh, <laughs> just as you know the quarterback gets too much credit for success right nobody remembers team, the O line yeah I mean I can I can I have written a page for Ludo that has six panels on it and whatever they're gonna say and he's turned in a three panel page that is so much more extraordinary than I ever envisioned. And when you read that comic, I'm going to get credit for writing a beautiful three panel page
1: oh, okay.
2: and the vice versa. And it happens so often. Um, if you have an artist who draws a beautiful, beautiful human, but can't tell a story, that's not great. That's true. But, if you have one that draws these scratchy little things, but the but the story is told, the writer the writer looks better with that scratchy thing where the artist tells the story better than a a guy who just draws covers and tries to do sequential art. We writers get credit because we have more time to be on social media. We're the mouthpiece in independent comics if you If you follow me and Ludo, you're going to see me talk about tart. Twenty times more often than Ludo, because I write a script in a week to two weeks, and he draws a comic in three months, and it's just the, so much more labor intensive. And I, and I, you know, like humble, whatever. It's not humbleness because God, Ludo can do a comic without me; he's done it. I can't do a comic without Ludo or D. A. Bishop who did Morte, or my buddy Chris who did Underwars.
0: But but here's the thing, though, is that. Ludo is one of those people that has both, but not yes. everybody has that. True. And aside from that, Ludo is an exceptional artist. Yes. He really is. Like, the, the amount of art styles that dude can pull out of his pocket blows <laughs> my mind, really. Yeah. But look, I don't, I don't really like to shit talk, especially not on this platform, any creator. But he's a popular enough artist that I can say it. I fucking hate Umberto Ramos art. Hmm. Can't stand it. Wow. And I see it all the time because right, he's on Spider-Man constantly, but he's been on the he's been the artist for some of my favorite modern Spidey stories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and how much I hate his art which is really weird because I love him drawing Wolverine. I think him drawing Wolverine is great. I hate him drawing Spider-Man It drives me nuts. It's really interesting. It's he's got like all of his people look like monkeys. They all have very like big exaggerated knuckles and really big hands mm-hmm. and I feel like that works for Wolverine cuz he's kind of a monkey anyway yeah. <laughs> but not for Spidey. It just his people look ugly to me. Okay. And that makes it really but the stories have been great. And I remember those stories. Like I like they're stuck in my like I can see Umberto Ramos's art like cuz I remember the story that that art was attached with I know for a fact that there's stories that have great art but shit writing, Mm -hmm. and I can't remember those at all. Like I cannot visualize a specific panel from any of those instances. So whereas I agree where I I do think people don't take into account the collaborative effort, especially on the indie level. Because that's not the case with the big two. With the big 2, a writer does his thing, it gets passed off and that's that that's it. There's
2: no there's very little going back in that direction. It's the editor is now the mouthpiece to the artist exactly. pretty much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The workflow is very one directional in, mm-hmm. in when you're doing like high production like the big 2, mm-hmm. big 3. Let's images in there too. But um but when you're but that's something that you're also but see maybe that's Fuck it I'm, 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 I can't finish the sentence I'm yeah. sorry But maybe that's one of the things That's different Maybe that's what makes it feel different Is maybe as a reader You can subconsciously pick up On that workflow Because there's no denying That there is something different About indie comics And maybe it's that It's that it's you and Ludo Sitting there like Oh Ludo it's changed not an this, assembly line Yeah Oh Ludo changed this panel That's totally fine That's awesome That's great no, if you do, if like I was like, especially if I was like a new artist at like Marvel and I decided, no, I'm going to change the six panel page into a three panel page. That's my first and last job there.
1: All right.
0: So that's, I think that's a, that's maybe something that's easy to pick up on is there is that element of like, you've created a soul because there is that collaborative effort.
2: Yeah, between Because you have to, you're a small in, team. In TART, characterizations have been created based on how he drew a character that totally not in the script. Um, The first, the first story in tart is a little boy is kidnapped. I envisioned the little boy being about three. Ludo was like, I can't draw a three year old. So I drew him six. So the, the dialogue I wrote for a three year old is now presented by a six year old. I had to change some of the dialogue, but I decided maybe this kid's just a fucking brat. <laughs> because a three-year-old being pissy about something and a six-year-old being pissy is very, very sure. different yeah. things. One's understandable. and One's like, you little brat. One's Rob Liefeld. Got and on. I was like, <laughs> 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 I, I don't remember if Ludo drew feet, so I'm not sure. It might have been Liefeld. I'm not sure. Um, but I was just like, okay. So I leaned in. He's a fucking brat. And then I was like, well, Tart's never taking care of a kid. And I changed the, the whole pages with this now is her doing the worst parenting in the world of caving into the brat immediately. And all of the humor on those two pages are based within looking what I wrote, what he drew, and now how does it work? Um, I don't know if you get that in, in a Marvel or DC. Uh, uh, maybe you. Maybe with some teams I mean, you do, it, and maybe with some teams you you probably don't. Well,
1: I don't know. Because more, more often than not, when I open a book, with, which has... It's been a while since I've actually opened a book. I actually have the two streaming services on my phone, mm. the DC Infinite and the Marvel Universe thing. Uh, there's like 10, 12 people on the page being credited. Once mm-hmm. an inker. There's a second inker. And then there's a 10, letterer. Or or, yeah. You know, there's... There's like 12 people working on this one book and, you know, I mean, that's, that's great, I guess, but there is a certain difference when you do that. And then you pick up a trade paperback of dread or shadow hell, even, even, uh, turtles while yes, they're, they're kind of mainstream. And I do agree with that when you have more than two adaptations, you're mainstream.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's fair.
1: But fucking turtles has like right now they're doing the last Ronin. and it's two people on that book. I think it's Eastman and somebody else. But uh, but yeah, like fuck, dude.
2: There, there's a noticeable difference. Yeah, that
1: I do agree with you. And on.
2: they're back to the because there's two people doing it. They're back to the original turtles of. We'll see you in eight months. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You
2: loved issue one. You better wait for issue three.
0: <laughs> uh huh. No. Yeah. And so I I think that that is maybe one thing that we did that we that we have like kind of
1: nailed it down if we were sifted
0: down to is there is a soul to indie comics. Not to say that like the big two are soulless, Mm. but there is a certain like scrappy little soul that exists in the indie comic that is baked in, that is palpable, that you can feel jumping off of the page.
2: So, So let me tell you this. If Tart stops making money, I'm not gonna stop making Tarte. Right. I have a I have an audience that has lifted me up and they deserve to read to the end of her story. If Ooster Gold stops making money. Which
0: by the way, sorry to interrupt you really quick, because I I wanna remind because I I remember this distinctly, because this was a very specific question I asked you in our interview at the comic store. Is if a Tar had an ending, and you have that ending in mind. Yes. That is already in your head. Yes, I love that. We that have the serious.
2: series outline, uh, which you know we can we can add and subtract sure. and, and, and you know. But but we have a series outline. We have an ending. In you know, x amount I, of time. I, yeah. I I love that. Yeah. I,
0: I just love that you know the fate of your character. But, but you were saying, Sorry, if, yeah. Booster yeah. Gold, if Booster, if booster gold,
2: gold stops making money, they're canceling that shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I think that's that that's really it, it's that, at least for me. What to answer our question of the week is what makes an indie comic indie? It's do I feel that soul in the comic? Would you agree Can with that? Can I Kevin? smell, taste, and read the blood, sweat, and tears that two, three guys poured into this labor of love? Because like what you said is It's exactly right. That is not true for big comics. If they stop selling, they're gone. They're no, like, uh, no one can just say, "Oh no, I'm just gonna keep writing Booster Gold for like the fans." No, that's done. But for you, Tart's not done till Tart's done. Yeah. And I feel like that is a uh, that is what separates these two forms of this media.
2: And I think that's why it's so confusing because that still allows an image book that's one of the top 3 publishers to feel indie. Yeah. And it and it can allow a book that, you know, a couple people did that feels like just Spider-Man, but right. they but they drew it with a white costume and black eyes. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Adrian
2: yeah, I agree. <laughs> By the way, guys, you want to do a Spider-Man thing where he's got a white, you know, black eyes and white costume? I'm down. I think it's <laughs>
1: Um What'd you call it?
2: <laughs> soul-sucking Spider guy. Soul-sucking <laughs> Spider guy. All right. By the way, his power's is soul-sucking for some reason.
0: <laughs> so it's already been done in the Spider-Man comics. Actually. Oh, really? We can talk about that a, once we're done. But uh, I'd like to know what you guys think, uh, the freaks out there. What? When you when you read a comic, what about it makes it feel indie to you? What about an indie comic? If it, like especially if you're the kind of person that prefers indie comics over you know something published by the big two, what is the big draw for you? You can let us know by hitting us up on our social media. We're on Twitter at Fanfreaks. That's F-A-N-F-R-double-E-K-S. You can also find us on our Facebook group by the same name. You can find me on Twitter @Doctor, that's D-R, Rude, M-D. at Dr. That's D R Rude M D at Agent
1: Doodliness on Twitter. Where do people find you?
2: At Kevin Joseph CMX on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, you can find uh, Facebook Tart Official is the page for the uh, Tart page. There you
1: go. You're also a member of Fan Freak. So yeah. you should go out there and support. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start buying Tart. You should. It's good
0: shit. Um, and last but not least, we would also he like had you. me a
1: Buffy. So I told you, that, I told you it's Buffy and Quantum Leap. Yeah, right. That's really what it is. Did you <laughs> did, but I forgot. Was it's it? also yeah. Uh, We've just, established before the show we forget things. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> it's and it's if you could take like all the best parts of like Whedon female characters and like cut out the not so great parts, a lot of that's in there. Uh, <laughs> I try. I try. Yeah uh but last but not least i'd like to do some shout outs to the people that we know are listening every week first and foremost my hunt my hunt boys thank you guys so much for listening jeff justin scott thank you guys for listening in dante and my sister cheyenne uh all the freaks that listen every week
1: um that's pretty much it for me uh for me uh lindsey misleading our resident satana zatara uh jesus valentine go fuck yourself Nicholas Uretic, uh our Robots Don't Age crew, our sister podcast, uh, Cody, CJ, Keilani, and finally, Paul Fusek.
0: And I'm, I'm so sorry, boners. Oh, uh,
1: Von Conderspine, CJ the DJ, uh, Boogle. <laughs> fuck, there's like eight or I ten. I know.
0: We're, we're so sorry to the Bone Kings, boners. Uh, we, we don't have the list, but nonetheless, We also don't guys, have
1: Bone Kings, so he can fuck off.
0: That's right. Nonetheless, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening.
2: Did Anyone you want to mention on the show? Yeah, I'm not you guys. Thank you for having me, man. I, it was great. Thank you for being on. I, I was a little uncomfortable with the dungeon at the beginning, but I started to like it.
0: Yeah, it's a scented candle. It really yeah. makes it a little homie. Yeah. Uh, but once again, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for being on. We would we'll-
1: love to have you more on than just every two years. <laughs> <laughs> now, James, can you pull it out? Uh, no, it's it's starting to chafe. I'm gonna pull.
0: I, I'm gonna turn it on. What? (laughs) You've got a
1: friend in me. All
2: right, we're good.
0: Jesus.